This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Some people, when they suffer a loss like this, they like to take some time off, clear their heads. Others like to get right back in the gym. What's the next chapter for you? I'm going straight back to gym on Monday. And what's going to be your focus there? Just to be better. I just want to be better. I now say, can say, he's officially a man better than me out there. Beforehand, it was I was the best ever. And I still believe I am the best ever. But tonight, on this night, 8th of September, Tyron Woodley was better than Darren Hill. Tomorrow, do we know? No, but tonight he was a better man. So nothing changes. My mindset doesn't change. I'm still a man, but I'm just... I'm in a bad place now. I'm upset. I really am upset. I just didn't want me to defeat... I knew I was going to get beat, but I didn't want it to be tonight. I wanted to win the belt. I've got to, I've got to get back to that belt now and scuttered. Brutal stuff. Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I had to add a little bit of an audio in there. He handled the, uh, the loss like a, a true pro, 25 years old. But just like he said, he's gutted. I'm gutted. I don't even know where to start. First and foremost, an amazing, amazing pay-per-view. Top to bottom, some amazing fights. Main event, obviously, did not turn out the way I wanted it to, I'm sure. Uh, A lot of people were rooting for Darren Till. Very surprising main event, in my opinion. Um, So, I mean, let's just get right into it. Let's just talk about the main event. Darren Till lost. This is a Darren Till podcast. I am... A Darren Till guy. I have uh, I have made that known to the world. I have been getting trolled just a, a small amount of, for my love for Darren Till. Listen, it wasn't a good showing for the guy. Um, he threw two punches the entire fight. Uh, you know, I said on the last podcast he had to be he had to be not as as aggressive as the Cerrone fight because you can walk into a right hand with with Tyron. But you don't need to lay back as much as you did in the Thompson fight. I think he, I think he got, I think he liked the way he fought in the Thompson fight. He laid back and he picked his shots. And with a guy like Stephen Thompson, you can do that because he's a point fighter. With a guy like Woodley, you leave yourself exposed. He was trying to set up an uppercut. He kind of does this thing where he shuffles his feet, kind of drops his hands. I've seen him do it before. Um, usually he can take the shots because he's the bigger guy. Um, he, you know, he's he's uh, not very easy to hit, but um, <clears throat> he's hit a bull. But, uh, you know, he ran right into it. He did the little shuffle thing. Tyron's against the cage. Uh, you know, dropped his hands. He's looking for an uppercut lead left hand um, or back left hand, I'm sorry. And then the left hand dropped, and Tyron just clipped him with a huge right hand, put him down, and then uh, proceeded to elbow the shit out of his head, cut him open, thought he was out, thought he was, he, you know, the ref was going to stop it. Mergliotta was looking at it pretty close. But, you know, he, he fought through. He was... Tough. Um, Tyron smartly kind of slowed down and realized how tough Tyron was and was like, well, I'm not going to blow everything here. This is the first round of the fight. Uh, or I'm sorry, second round of the fight. And he, you know, Darren looked at his corner, was kind of smiling. He was like, I'm okay. And then just, uh, I mean, I saw the darts coming from the first round. I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional fighter. I don't know what is going in there. Obviously, <clears throat> Till took some big shots, was a little foggy, seemed to recover well, well. Was kind of posted on that side. He had the he had the lockdown on the one leg with uh, with Till. They're a little bit of an awkward position. He had an underhook. Um, Till I I felt like could have got up. I kept screaming get up because the position he was in. The only two things Tyron could do was elbow you in the head, which he was trying to do, but there wasn't like a, a ton on it. Elbow you in the head or grab a choke. 
And Till kind of kept looking at his corner. I think he felt safe. And uh, Tyron was kind of teasing the Darce, kind of feeling it out, see if he can get it, and then finally got it. The grip was a little weak in the beginning. I felt like Darren could have fought it. And uh, obviously Tyron's a very strong man. And uh, and then once he got the grip and, and turned to his side, and, and you know, it's a wrap. That's a, that's a nasty choke. <sighs> I'm bummed out, man. I, you know, I, I had, uh, I, I had a lot of money on Darren Till. Um, I'm a huge Darren Till supporter. I really question a lot of things. I mean, I mean, this podcast. I don't want to make it about me, but let's do that. Let's make it about me. Um, after that fight, I questioned a lot of things. It's like, do I know anything about this sport? Uh, why do I keep getting behind these guys that that fall short? You know, my whole, uh, you know career of MMA watching and fandom and whatever I always get behind these guys you know I'm not a front runner and I, and I think that has everything to do with uh where I'm from you know I'm from Cincinnati and we a lot of you know you hear all these other cities complain about their sports teams and everything like that but you you're not a you, you don't know miserable sports fan unless you're a, a Cincinnati fan I mean we have so much talent on on both of our sports, right? So Cincinnati Reds a few years ago, 2011, 2010, 2009 season, we should have went to the World Series, and then we lost to the Giants. They go and win the World Series. And then our team kind of exploded, and we haven't been good since. But we have talent. Cincinnati Bengals made the playoffs <clears throat> five years in a row. I'm a huge Bengals fan. We had all the talent in the world. Every year it was like, well, we got to get it done this year. And we just make it to the playoffs and shit the bet. Can't win a playoff game. We've done that repeatedly. I think that's carrying over into my MMA life. I mean, look, I mean, the guys I support are obviously, they have done well. BJ Penn, Rich Franklin, both former world champions, you know, both legends of the game, both guys I love and, um, and support immensely. Then you guys got like Connor, who Connor toppled the game, and it's hard to to be such a Connor guy anymore because Connor has transcended the sport. Connor's bigger than MMA, and I like my guys that I, you know Darren Till's big in MMA, but he's not like a global star yet. He's not like a Connor level star, so it's hard to really support Connor and be. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on Connor. I love Connor. I'm a root for him every every time he fights. I'm root for him, but. Guy's got $100 million in the bank. He's probably going to fight maybe three more times in the UFC in the past, rest of his life, if I'm being realistic. If you have $100 million in the bank, you're going to put more in the bank. Why go out there and get, you know, beat and pounded on him, you know? I don't know. It's just, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of self-reflecting. This is very therapeutic for me. I, I was just so, I mean, did I buy into the hype of a charismatic, uh, charismatic, Englishman? Is that what happened? I mean, I, did I get distracted by his accent and his incredible sound bites? You know, I, who knows? But you know, I, I, I but you know, I've had some time to reflect on this. Is you know, it's been forty eight hours, or going on forty eight hours since the fight. Listen, uh, Till's. I think Till's the real deal. I, 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 I'm gonna hold my judgment on Till until he he rebounds. I'm obviously gonna root for him for the rest of his career. I feel like he's a mentally strong guy. Um, I don't know if it was a hype train yet because they, I mean, it, everyone was commenting on Twitter. Where if, if you watch the from Fight Pass all the way to the pay per view, they would do all these great. I mean, they would do some Tyron promos, but it was basically Till. It was all about Till. Dana and Tyron have some kind of issue. Obviously, you know, Dana, I don't think Dana openly roots for somebody, but if we're putting money on it, he's probably openly rooting for. Darren Till because the Liverpool show was insane and he's obviously this, you know, he fight anybody type deal and, and, and it seems to be 
fairly easy to work with besides the fact that, you know, sometimes he misses weight. But, oh, man, it's just, I'm bummed out. I'm, I'm just bummed. I've been thinking about it since Saturday night. I went to bed angry. My Cincinnati Bengals won Sunday, so that obviously cheered me up. I'm getting smoked in fantasy. So all I had was the Bengals. Thank you, Cincinnati Bengals, for uh, saving my weekend. <clears throat> and, of course, I got my family and my health and my wife and stuff, blah, 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 all that bullshit. But, um, you know, the, the jury's still out on Darren Till, in my opinion. I'm, I'm always going to support him, even if he loses three in a row and, and everyone calls him a hype train, stuff like that. I'm still going to support him enthusiastically. This is still a Darren Till podcast. This is going to be, you know, I DM him all the time to get him on the show. For some reason, he ignores me. But hopefully, if he loses three in a row, you got to imagine those DMs aren't getting as many as before. So maybe he will come on the show. But yeah, I'm, I'm just very bummed out. Hats off to Tyron Woodley. You know, I I, I, I was very confident Darren Till was going to win. Obviously, I thought Tyron had a chance to win as well because he, he's, he's very talented. He's one of the best welterweights of all time. Um, you know, I thought Tyron was going to land that right hand a few times. I thought Till was going to take it well. I thought it was going to be kind of even in the first, kind of patient, but I thought Till was going to throw a little more, throw some kicks. He might have been a little worried about the takedown. Handled himself well in the takedown, never got taken down, got dropped, and then when Tyron got on top of him, didn't seem to really have much off his back, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, give give Till a striker next. Give him, you know, Winner Mike Perry. If Mike Perry beats Cerrone, they got a nice little history. If Ponce Nibio beats Neil Magny, obviously Kamar Usman's right there. Kamar Usman is, I think Kamar Usman needs a fight right now. So there, there's a lot of options for Till. Um, they, they put a poll on uh, on YouTube, uh, UFC did, of who should Till fight next. I believe I believe everyone said Usman. They might have said someone else, but um, I mean, that, that fight might make sense. It's a really tough matchup for Darren Till, but... We'll see how that goes. But um, uh, the one thing after the fight I want to mention was Tyron Woodley's mom, who you can hear in the crowd when he fights. She's screaming, his whole family screaming, which I think is pretty awesome. And she embraced Darren Till and hugged him and, and kind of gave him some words of encouragement. I think that's awesome. You know, Tyron uh, did the same thing, hugged Till and said, hey, I had my first title shot when I was 10 and out. You know, and, and my losses um, – made me who I am. And and Darren Till was 1701. You know, this is only his only loss, his only blemish. Didn't look great though. I think he he needs to go back and if that's an indication of what he has off his back, definitely work off your back. I think, you know, obviously be careful with dropping your right hand. Or I'm sorry, your left hand. You ate a right hand. And uh I like the the proclaims that you're still the best ever. The clip in the beginning I had the list that, that I mean the guy's electric in my opinion. He's good for the sport, and I think uh, I like the way he thinks. Um, hopefully, he can rebound. Hopefully, he, he gets on at the end of the year against either uh, Usman or against um, Ponsonibe would be great. Jorge Masvidal would be great. So that's it. But I, I love the the Woodley family embracing too, and I, and I think it was just Woodley was a class act after, afterwards, and got to respect the champion of that. But now that I'm I'm done being the, no, well, no, I have something down here. So. Everyone's popping. Everyone's talking about. Okay, well, is Tyron the best welterweight now? Is he the best welterweight in the world or of all time? Obviously, he's the best welterweight in the world. I have since I have said earlier on this podcast, I did not think he was the best welterweight in the world. I just thought he was a placeholder for the championship. I think uh, I thought Darren Till's gonna beat him. Him and Colby got some unfinished business. I think Kamar Usman is very talented. You know, list goes on and on. But real quick, Mount Rushmore of welterweights of all time. You got to go GSP, you got to go Hughes, you got to go Lawler, and you got to go Woodley. 
Woodley beat Lawler, but Lawler's been around forever that he hadn't made the list. He's kind of bounced up to 85 and down to 170. He's had some wars at 170. Love for him to come back. Him and Darren Till will be absolutely bonkers if they ever fought. But that's my Mount Rushmore of welterweight. So Woodley is definitely on it. Um, it's going to take a lot to eclipse GSP. Hughes is just – he's just such a legend in the game. It's going to be hard to eclipse Hughes too. I think by the numbers though, he probably has Hughes beat. Hughes was a different era, different time. Woodley's obviously you know a way better fighter than Hughes ever was. But – yeah, you, know, you gotta factor that in, you know. So, but anyway, this card was absolutely fucking bonkers. I loved it. Every fight was insane. The finishes were incredible. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna touch on some of the ones that were insane, and um, for you know, and then we'll get we'll, we'll jump right in. So I, was, I went eight and five on the night. So I'm back in the win column. I'm 47 and 41 overall since I started picking. Um, a couple of these fights, I thought maybe I, I think I should have been maybe eight and four, eight and three. In my personal opinion. However, I did tweet out that I, I picked Ryan Benoit. Uh, yeah, Ryan Benoit over Roberto Sanchez. Jarrett Brooks took the uh, fight on five days. Then I, was, I tweeted that I picked Benoit. And then I tweeted out that, you know, I, I, I that must have uh, missed my radar there that Jarrett Brooks took that. And I, I tweeted I took Brooks. So if you're calling funny farmer with my picks, go fuck yourself. I uh, Go read my Twitter. But um, Jared Brooks beat Roberto Sanchez. Um, you know, Jared Brooks passed out afterwards, collapsed after the fight. Just said he was exhausted. He was throwing it up violently in the back of me. Five days notice, a, a grappling heavy fight. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, Irene Aldana versus Lucy Podolov. An incredible fight. One fight of the night. One of the best fights of the night for sure. Um, those, those ladies brought it. I had Podolova winning. They gave it to Aldana, Aldana by a split decision. I thought Podolova won. That was one of the ones I think I should have got back. I thought she won. Uh, huge props to Jim Miller. 30th UFC fight and came out and fucking wrecked Alex Wright. Uh, White, excuse me. I had that one dead wrong. I picked White to win. I thought White was a bigger guy. Miller's been kind of, you know, he's lost four in a row. He's been pretty skittish in UFC. But it, when he's on, he's on, man. He landed a big left hand, dropped White, choked him out. Um, looked absolutely incredible. Uh, good for Jim Miller. I, you know, I, I rooted for him, even though I picked against him. I didn't have any money on the line with him, but um, I, I I picked against him, and, and good for him. Diego Sanchez, classic Diego fight. You know, you know, he he got clipped a couple times on the feet, but wrestled for the takedown. That's what you want to see out of Diego. Diego apologized that I need to get a win. I agree. I think he should fight like that more often. That's what. Early in his career, that's where he got his success. Was he was a very good grappler. He's heavy on top. You know, you're not going to submit him. He's ferocious. You know, Craig White didn't offer much off his back, and uh, he looked pretty good there. Charles Bird and Darren Stewart, I got that one wrong. Charles Bird looked really good in the beginning and then just got clipped, and then Darren Stewart has power in his hands. He is my absolute nemesis. I can't pick against, I can't pick the fight right with him. I just really can't. Really, really powerful hands. I got that one wrong. Jimmy Rivera over John Dotson. Kind of a one of the little bit – one of the uh, not the best fight of the night – I picked Dotson. I don't know why I keep picking Dotson. I thought Jim Rivera looked fantastic. Um, Jim Rivera looked big. He looked fast. He looked focused. I mean, after getting clipped and knocked out with a head kick by Marais only a couple months ago, June 1st, I believe it was. Dotson, uh, I don't know what to do with this guy. You know, I, I heard all camp. I heard throughout the whole thing that he was practicing moving forward and becoming aggressive again like he was early in his career. He had a lot of finishes, a lot of big left hands. I mean, he's knocking everybody out. He knocked out. He has knocked out over TJ Dillashaw, the one ultimate fighter. But he just keeps doing the back foot game, the back foot game. And you're not going to win a decision on your back foot if you're not laying anything. 
He's really quick and he's really fast. I just think he really, really needs to add more to his game. Um, he's hard to take down, so and he scrambles well to his feet. It, it, I don't understand why you just keep going backwards the whole time. I think you need to move forwards. I think you need to be aggressive. You have a good chin. I don't, I don't think I've ever really seen him hurt before or dropped or even knocked out. So really, really baffled by uh, by that performance. But Jimmy Rivera looked good. Good for him to get back in the win column. Al Jermaine Sterling looked really, really fantastic. That was a fun fight. Him and Cody Stam in the first round was great, just like I thought. Really looking forward to that fight. Um, crazy submission win by Aljo. Had the back, pulled a knee bar, heard the knee pop. Hopefully Cody Stammen doesn't have like serious damage because anything anytime you fuck with the knees, man, it makes me a little queasy. But good for Aljo. He called a shot once the winner, Rivera. I love that fight. I, I don't know if he deserves Cruz. Cruz is looking for a title fight. I think Cruz needs to fight Marais to see if he fights Dillashaw. Um, Carlos Barza lost to Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana Suarez is an absolute hammer fucking house, whatever. Whatever that that's a compliment. She's insane. Her grappling. She's a Khabib of the women's 115-pound division. Carla's no slouch in the grappling department. And Suarez just absolutely mauled her. Abdul Razak Hassan destroyed Nico Price. Insane knockout in the first round. He's 10 for 10. 10 first round, first round knockouts. Um, the guy's got power in his hands. Uh, you know, he's he's one to watch at 170, man. I, I really like that kid. I think he's uh, I think he's got places to go. Jessica Andrade with a complete one-punch knockout. You don't see that kind of power at 115. It's basically her or Suarez who fights Rose. Rose is currently not booked as far as I know. I think Andrade deserves it over uh, Tatiana. Tatiana and Joanna would be very interesting. Zabit Magomedov Sharipov looked good against Brandon Davis. I mean, he it wasn't the best fight in the world. Another knee bar finish from the back mount. This one was just completely stretched out. You know, this was gonna he was gonna rip his hamstring. Brandon Davis thought he'd go for broke a little more. Uh, he was a little more patient than I than I would have uh, predicted. And then obviously we we covered Tyron uh, Tyron and Darren Till. The one fight that I have not covered that I was gonna save to the end. Jeff Neal, a gentleman who I made fun of because he spells Jeff with a G. He's from the Dallas area, Texas at least. I don't know if he's from Dallas. Contender Series veteran. He fought Frank Camacho, who is tough as shit. Four fights in UFC, four fight of the nights or performance of the night bonuses. Jeff Neal looks sweet. I tweeted at my buddy uh, Chris Curtis, friend of the podcast, future UFC fighter. He'll he'll get there one day. Um, I tweeted, oh, Jeff Neal's a poor man's Chris Curtis. And, however, I do think Chris would beat Jeff Neal. I'm going to go on record. But Jeff Neal's boxing looked crisp. He was piecing up Camacho. At one point, Camacho got rocked a few times. He's on the cage. Neal was going body, head, body, head, uppercut, hooks, and then step step back, you know, because Camacho was countering, and then Camacho just screamed at him, like, oh, I can take it, blah, blah, blah. 30 seconds later, brutal head kick knocked out. Jeff Neal earned a lot of fans that night, me including one. I got that fight right. I picked Neal to win that fight. So eight and five on the night. I'm pretty happy. Um, Diego won me some money. Till lost me some money. I turned that money into some football money. So overall, I'm pretty happy. Um, insane card though. One of, one of the best pay per views in a while. It's the first pay per view I bought in a while. Um, usually I go to my buddies. We go to B Dubs, and I was more than happy buying it. Um, the only downside was obviously Darren Till lost, and uh, I might have I might have shed a few tears. But not too many. But it was it was I, I can't emphasize enough how, how amazing of a, a UFC card it was. And I am and it, just continue the year out with these. So let's get into some news. 
What the heck? Do you live under a rock? All right. That little Stephen Brule segment means we're into some news. Not a lot because uh, there hasn't had been a ton. Obviously, I just covered the entire UFC 228. According to on a Monday, we have a UFC in Russia on Saturday, so I will be doing my picks on Wednesday, so I want to get this one out. At the top of the show, I mean, if, you, if you've been a listener, a loyal listener to the show, you, you know that I cannot stand Snoop Dogg. I, I fucking hate him. Hate his music. I, I hated him from day one, from when he was in um, uh, the movie Baby Boy, and he was like, I know it was an, he was an actor, and he's acting, but when he raped, uh, tried to rape uh, Tyrese's lady in Baby Boy and was from prison or whatever, like that little skinny fuck. Fuck Snoop Dogg. It's 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 he's he's at it again. So he was he was on Instagram stories or Snapchat or something. I don't know. I don't follow him. Someone posted it, and it was he was videoing when Tyron was elbowing Darren Till, and he was going fuck Donald Trump, fuck Donald Trump. That's what you get, you little bitch. Fuck Donald Trump. And I'm just and and everyone's like, okay, so Snoop Dogg thinks that Darren Till is Colby Covington. Maybe I don't know. I don't understand. Um, it's just so ignorant. Snoop Dogg, just shut the fuck up, dude. You're 107. Um, you, you, I, I know Joe Rogan's a, uh, disagree with me here because he's such a component of marijuana, but you've obviously fried your brain. You've done something to your brain where it's not, it just doesn't work anymore. I'm just so sick of this guy coming up. And, you know, every once in a while, something will pop up on my Instagram and hit mitts with somebody, and I'm like, oh, Snoop Dogg's got range. Snoop Dogg got hand. I would murder that guy in under 30 seconds. That's a That's a promise. Uh, if him and I boxed, he's six, what, 10 or whatever the fuck he is, 105 pounds, I would ruin him. And this isn't just a humble brag. This isn't just whatever. I would destroy him, and I want to fight Snoop Dogg. I think he is a piece of shit. His music sucks. You're a grandpa. What are you doing commenting on anything, especially MMA? You know what I mean? He did the – he rubbed me the wrong way years ago. He did the thing on uh, Contender Series – where I thought he was ignorant, they fired him. He starts talking shit on Connor. It's like this guy is just—I mean, he's a lot of MMA guys. Darren Till responded in kind. Darren Till told Snoop Dogg to go fuck himself. So I mean, if Snoop Dogg runs across one of these MMA guys, I'm telling you, a lot of these MMA guys are gonna smack the shit out of him, and I wouldn't blame him. So that's—I uh, don't want to talk about it too much because I get fired up. I don't want to get fired up here. Uh, side note, though, Wiz Khalifa, um, who I guess is kind of related to Snoop Dogg. I don't know how. Their uncle, Snoop Dogg's uncle or something like that. I'm not really sure. But Wiz Khalifa can fight. Wiz Khalifa has some serious Muay Thai skills. I've seen him hit pads. He's been training for a while. He's in, he's completely shredded. He uh, throws nice kicks, nice hands. So Wiz Khalifa could, could, could if, I, if I did a top five rappers who could fight, which I don't know if that's ever going to be a top five. Wiz Khalifa would probably be number one because I think he'd fucking just head kick anybody. That's it. Um, CM Punk was on uh, Ariel's show today, I believe. Was it Ariel's show? He might have been on Luke Thomas's show. Anyway, he um, he went on and they were asking him about his UFC career and stuff like that. And he said, uh, you know, CM Punk's honest. He said, I don't think I should fight in the UFC. I don't, you know, I, we'll see what happens, but I, I can completely understand. If, it's like, I don't think I, I, I warranted a shot in the UFC. He's like, forget about deserving it because that's obviously not an argument. But he, he just said, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think I warranted a UFC shot. And I think that's true. I would like to see the guy continue. I think it's, I mean, I know he's 0-2, but he got, he's 0-2 in the UFC, even though he fought two guys. I mean, Mickey Gall has a lot of talent. Mike Jackson's trash, but... Hopefully he, you know, if he goes outside the UFC, I don't want him to go to Bellator. I know he's such a big money, big ticket thing. He's, the people are going to throw money at him. I think he needs to 
maybe do some regional shows. Maybe go to like LFA or or, or CS, CS and and fight something like that. But then again, you got then you got these young up and coming guys that just could eat him alive. Maybe he needs to fight like a, an older guy that's been around for a while. Maybe. Kind of like with the old UFC day, what they used to do in the old UFC days, like when Rich Franklin was like on the verge of becoming a star, they threw him Ken Shamrock, you know, and it's just one of those things. I think maybe CM Punk could do that. Could he win? I don't know. I, you know, I root for the guy. I like to see him maybe continue. I'm not one of those people that were like, it's such a shame that he's fighting because I think he did it the right way. You know, he he got in the UFC because he was super famous. I mean, that's just that's just uh, you know smart on the UFC's part and um you know they took advantage of it and and the guts to, for him to get in there is just it, it, you know I, I can't hate on someone that that uh that does that because you know it's it's one of the, it's it is the hardest sport in the world bar none maybe maybe ping those 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 asian guys those asian uh, men and women that do the ping pong maybe maybe that's a little tougher but um <laughs> but it, I, I think it's the toughest sport in the world. I, I mean, I, I want to stand by that. I'm not stand by that take. But uh, good for CM Punk addressing it. Um, Ariel is getting a little pushback on Twitter. Big fucking surprise. He, um, Shev- uh, obviously, Nico Mont- Montagna uh, fell out of the fight with Shevchenko. They stripped her of a title. Probably should have said it at the top of the show, but I think everyone knows that. Shevchenko wants a fight. They're, they're trying to get her a fight by the end of the year. Um, and Ariel said, well, what about, and he t- on Twitter, he said, well, what about I know one girl who can do it? And it was Joanna. Joanna's a huge star. Everyone knows that and everything like that. And then all the girls at 125 who have put in work at 125, who have been at 125, and it's a division that's growing. And they're like, well, why does she get to jump the line? You know what I mean? She's just, you know, that's not that's not fair. She's already had a championship. She's at 115. A lot of girls didn't like what Ariel said, and uh, I com- 100% agree with them. Um, I, I I think that's a new division. Why add somebody to the division that hasn't been there yet? And uh, she gets to jump the line. I don't think Joanna's that big of a star for her to jump the line. But uh, Shevchenko and Joanna would be interesting. I just want to point that out because I like that uh, fighters are, are coming after um, Hawani because uh, he's becoming a little bit more snaky. You know, I think, you know, the ESPN thing, I think ESPN's maybe pressuring him to be more of a character. So, you know, I don't really watch his, his him and Chael show that much. I mean, I, I tune in every once in a while. I am an ESPN Plus member, unfortunately. And um, I tune in every once in a while. And Chael's great, you know. But Arrow, I think, is, is you know, I, I think in a year or two, my take is he's going to he's gonna be very, you know, I don't know if he'll be as far as Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, but he's going to be up there. He's going to be he's gonna be kind of a cartoon character. All right, last little bit of news. It's not really news, I guess. But uh, they put it up on the, the pay-per-view, and good God. I mean, I know everyone's talking about UFC 229 with Connor. The card, that card's so-so. You know, obviously everyone's tuning in for the Connor fight. You know, the Connor fight's going to be amazing. It's going to be pay-per-view records. But November 3rd, UFC 230 in New York, Madison Square Garden, is a banger of a card right now, and they have not announced the main event. They just announced officially everyone kind of knew it was Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold rematch. Obviously, that's incredible. But look at this main card. You got you got Israel Adesanya versus Derek Brunson, which is is going to be insane. Both don't like each other. Both I think high level guys. Brunson is a super aggressive, powerful guy who also can wrestle. Israel's is really clean, technical striker who's asking Brunson to come bum rush him. That's going to be insane. You got Yo Romero versus Paul. Oh, what? Nope. That's uh, sorry. I, I'm reading off USC website. Yo Romero versus Paulo Costa was supposed to happen. That fight is no longer happened. You got Jack Ray Souza versus Dave Branch, which is 
again, insane fight. I think Dave Brand's coming off a big win. You know, kind of, kind of weak because he's a good jujitsu guy. He's a New York guy, um, but he, he, you know, he got he got flattened out by Luke Rockhold pretty easy on the ground. So that's, but this is intriguing. I mean, Jacare can get clipped. Dave Brand has power. You got Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz, which was I thought was the main event, and it's not. It's going to be the co-main event. Insane fight. That's going to be insane. Nate Diaz electric. I don't. Dustin Poirier doesn't know how to be in a boring fight. The balls on this guy. I mean, he's fought a lot of warriors and and had some wars in the past couple weeks or weeks past couple fights, and now he's fighting Nate Diaz, which is no easy out. They're they're gonna box it up, and that's gonna be really really entertaining. Um, and then you got Luke Rockover versus Chris Wyman. That's the main card now. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I mean that's the main card. I mean, he's, Israel Brunson will probably kick it off. Sosa Branch, Wyman Rockhold, Poirier Diaz, and they haven't announced the main event yet. So we're going to play a game because Joe Rogan said on the podcast, uh, or the fucking podcast, where's my brain at today? My brain is just wrapped up in Dan Tilgan, choked out. Joe Rogan said on the broadcast, he said, we know some shit that you don't. So the UFC has a fight that I haven't announced yet that probably isn't signed. They're probably working out the details. For the main event and that thing. And I want to play a little game called Guess the Main Event. So we're going to give three options here. And I'm going to try to guess which one it is. Obviously, I don't know. So it's Holloway Ortega, Cejudo, Dillashaw, Rose uh, Andrej. Rose Andrej probably makes the least amount of sense because they just did a report that Rose is kind of still shooken up about the bus incident. And she doesn't like leaving her house. It, it kind of made some had a little bit of waves earlier this week. So I don't know if it's going to be Rose. Andre's just won. I don't know if she could do that quick of a turnaround. Or, I mean, I'm sure she could. But when they said that, it was before Andre's fought. So I don't think they would have made that fight yet. I think this is a fight that's obviously been signed. Hasn't been delivered yet, but it's signed. And then we got Cejudo Dillashaw, which they did the rounds really quickly. After they both, you know, TJ defended, Cejudo won um, the title. They went on Mario Lopez show fairly quickly, kind of start that rivalry. Cejudo called him out. You know, Dillashaw's like, I'll fight you. But Dillashaw wants to go down. Cejudo wants to go up. They both want to be the champ champ. Obviously, I mean, everyone wants the, the opportunity to hold two titles. Don't know how that's going to shake out. But that's, you know, I'm leaning towards that. But Holloway Ortega, you know, Max has been a little quiet. Don't, do not know his health. They're both ready to go. They were supposed to fight, um, obviously, a couple months ago. That one makes the most sense to me. So if I had to guess, I'm going to guess option A with Holler Ortega. But I'm not super confident because they really – the Cejudo Dillashaw, which I didn't think had legs because I didn't think Cejudo was that huge of a star, and Dillashaw doesn't have the biggest fan base. Um, But they, they've been pushing that. They've been putting that up. and I've seen Cejudo pop up everywhere. I did just see him pop up at the UFC – this past week, and I know it's only September, and this fight, this fight would happen in November. You know, it's you know, four weeks, you know, six weeks away. But Sudo didn't look, you know, he looked a little blown up. You know, probably nowhere near one thirty-five, or uh, probably nowhere near one twenty-five either. So we're not really sure. I know T.J. Dillashaw has came out before when the meet Demetrius fight was going to happen, and he said he needed like six months to make a weight or something crazy like that. So. I'm looking at Holloway Ortega. I think that's the fight that's going to happen. If it is, I'm driving to New York, and I'm just sleeping in the parking lot of Madison Square Garden. That is going to be insane. I, I'm Literally, I'm looking forward to that fight more than anything. Maybe be, Connor could be, might be above that because of the height factor, but I think Holloway Ortega is going to be the better fight. It's going to be nuts. I think, I think the world of uh, Max Holloway, I think he's so, so talented. Brian Ortega is just a killer. 
Okay, so the weekly game, the not game, the weekly Sammy that everyone's talking about, it's called Up Next. So this week we got Up Next. We got 170, 185. Who's, who, who in my expert opinion will get the next shot at the titles? So at 170, next up is Colby Covington. No brainer. That was easy. Anybody, some Joe Schmo off the street could have done that. Colby Covington's going to fight Tyron Woodley. They have this beef. They have it brewing. A lot of people think that's good. What I just talked about, the 230-minute event, a lot of people think that's going to fall in there. I don't think that is because, again, they it might because if the other fight falls out because they announced it before the main event, they were like, we know some shit that you don't, blah, blah. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Colby is asking for it. Colby went on uh, one of the shows today and, and, and was asking for it. And uh, speaking about the, Snoop, the full circle, Colby Covington has since went after Snoop Dogg because – Snoop Dogg thinks all white people look alike, and Darren Till, he was yelling at Darren Till thinking he's Colby Covington. So Colby Covington commented on his Instagram, like, fuck you, blah, 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 whatever it is. And then he got deleted, and he said, well, why did you delete it? I don't think Snoop Dogg runs his own Instagram. I don't think Snoop Dogg knows how to work a phone. Pretty sure he's still got a flip phone from 2002. So that's next up at uh, 170. Next up at 185 is Chris Weidman. Yeah, Chris Weidman, if he wins, I think... uh, I know Kevin Gastelum is going to get the next shot. I mean, that's that they're they're going to do that early next year. Um, Whitaker's got some injuries. They just did the Ultimate Fighter. Gastelum, you know, has a loss over Wyman, but he's been more active. You know, he's a beat, he's has a win over Jacare. He completely slept and retired Michael Bisping with a brutal knockout. So uh, that that makes the most sense. Gastelum obviously gets the next shot, but if Chris Wyman wins, if he if he redeems himself against Luke Rockhold. He gets the shot for sure. Luke Rockhold's still outside. I think he needs to go up and weigh. I think he needs to go to 205. I know DC's there, but DC's pretty much done with that. But if, if Weidman wins, he'll get the next shot. He'll fight Gaslam. He has a win over Gaslam, so if Gaslam wins, that'll be a big win. That'll be a, a good fight set up. And then Yoel Romero is the other guy. He's, he's the alternate. He's playing B if Weidman loses because I don't think Rockhold deserves a shot if he beats Weidman. Yoel has a history of Whitaker, really close fights. He almost put him out several times. The last time they fought. So that's definitely a possibility. That's definitely realistic that you'll say, but I'm going to go with Chris Weidman. So that's up next. Next. Uh, that's up next. And then we'll finish with a top five. This one's not going to be kind of universal. This was just going to be more of a top five MMA, mo- disappointing MMA, MMA moments for me. So obviously I was very bummed out, you know, lost sleep and just been just real, real sad sack of shit. Uh, since Darren Till got choked out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over my top five disappointing moments for me personally. They're a little there there's some surprises in here I think for you. Number five is gonna be BJ Penn versus Jair Rodriguez. I could have added BJ Penn versus insert anybody in the past five years: Nick Diaz, Frankie one, uh, Frankie two and three, Frankie one even, um, uh, uh, John Fitch, whatever it is. But the Jair Rodriguez fight. Um, really stands out to me because it's a fight that I don't think he should have ever taken. You know, Yair is this guy coming up. BJ is this kind of old dog that doesn't, we don't know what he's doing training wise, how in shape he is. Shouldn't have probably been at 45. And uh, I always love that BJ's claim to fame was he had never been dropped. He had never, I mean, he took punches from the biggest guys at 170, got his head pounded in, but he had never got knocked out. He'd never gotten dropped. He got TKO, but he's never been dropped. And Yair dropped him and finished him pretty brutally. It was a really ugly loss, really disappointing loss, and and very depressing to see BJ go out that way. I know he came back after that and fought 
oh, Dennis Seaver and looked terrible in that fight. He came out and said he shouldn't be at 145. I agree with him. But, yeah, that, that's got to be a number five. You can put any – I'm not. that's the only BJ on this card. On this, oh, Excuse me, on this top five. I could have put BJ at every single one of these. But I didn't because you're welcome. Next up is actually it's Dan Hardy versus Carlos Condit. This fight, I love Carlos Condit now, but I wasn't crazy about him. I was a huge Dan Hardy fan. I love Dan Hardy. I thought Dan Hardy had great personality. I thought he had, you know, I thought he had it all. You know, he lost to GSP, which, you know, big fucking surprise, but he showed a lot of heart. He got out of two arm bars. Just, you know, Dan Hardy, I thought, was a really, really talented guy. Had really good striking, good personality. Handled himself well, intelligent. And he has he has since really, I mean, I, I enjoy his commentary. I enjoy him breaking down fights. Very, very sharp, intelligent mind for MMA. A guy that um, he does a lot of the Europe cards. He'll probably be calling this card in Russia this weekend, I imagine. I, I would like him to see him maybe come over to the States because I do think he's that good. Um, he fought Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit, a world-class guy. They both traded left hooks, and Carlos ate it, and Dan Hardy went to sleep, and it was it was emphatic, and it was it was brutal. I remember watching this on delay because they fought in England, so I had to tape it. I was out, you know, probably you know, getting chicks numbers or whatever I was doing back then, and uh, I came home and watched it. Robert Downey Jr. was in the crowd, guy Richie was in the crowd, and uh, when Carlos slept, Dan Hardy. There's a picture of Robert Downey Jr. because he's you know he's American, so I guess he's rooting for the American. Just standing up, like freaking out over it. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, that was pretty disappointing because I was I was really looking for Dan Hardy. I avoided spoilers all night. I really was confident that he win that fight, and he just I mean he got he got put out. The only time I think he's been knocked out too, um, and he got knocked out emphatically. Number three, Diego Sanchez versus Nick Diaz. I added this one. It was very similar to number four. I dislike Diego Sanchez so much coming out through Ultimate Fighter. I became a huge Nick Diaz fan after he knocked out Robbie Lawler because it was so un- unexpected. And then the way he carried himself and his attitude and stuff, I was like, I was like, I love this guy. And then doing the the pre-fight, you know, this was on the Ultimate Fighter finale. I think it was two or three. I forget what main event it was. But, uh, you know, Diego was on a tear. Diego was ground and pounding everybody. And no one could stop his game. And, and he was a weird guy. And he, and he thought he was the best. And I just... You know, I just I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't sold on him yet. And I, I really wanted Nick Diaz to win, and then it was a really entertaining fight. I mean, literally, it could be top twenty-five fights all time. It was that good. Um, obviously, Nick lost a decision. Diego um, out grappled the whole time, out positioned him. I don't know, maybe not out grappled, but out positioned him, out wrestled him because Nick was rolling for Kimuras and he was. You know, rolling for legs and had a very active guard, and and Diego didn't really stand up. There was blood everywhere, and and it was it was a really entertaining fight. I really wanted Nick Diaz to win that fight. I was all in on Nick Diaz. I was so invested for some reason. This is like one of, I mean, I don't think it was my peak MMA fandom, but I remember at, being at the movies and having to rush home and telling whoever the girl I was with, like, I, you know, cool, do whatever you want. I have to see this main event. It was absolutely insane. It was um, it was a really good event. And really good fight, but uh, Diego won, and, and that, that burned me up a little bit. Number two is George Grizel versus Jason Von Flew from the Ultimate Fighter Season 2. Listen, George Grizel, Cincinnati owned, man. You know, Rich Franklin coached Season 2. I knew George Grizel. I knew he owned gyms in Cincinnati. I've heard the name. He was on the show. I've seen him in person at, at events and whatnot. I've seen him in George, uh, Rich's corner. Knew this guy was like a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I knew he was, you know, Really talented, had a pretty good record on him, and like was very arrogant in the in the house, you know. 
the whole Joe Stevenson was doing the the climb rounds and, and George Gazelle's getting ready and the rich forfeits. He freaks out. Super competitive guy, and I was I was all in. I'm like, this dude's gonna win the show. I love George at Cincinnati. You know, he's a Brazilian rep in Cincinnati. I love it, blah, blah, blah. And then Jason Von Flew was an alternate who was a complete fucking bum. This guy came in. No one liked him. Grizel called him out. Grizel ended up having a blow. He had like two, eight, like LCL, ACL, and MCL all blown out of his knee. He could barely even stand. Took the fight. Was was doing really well in the beginning. Was busting him up and then just got, just got beat up. Von Vlue won it. I couldn't believe it. And uh, I, and then, you know, this is when back in the Ultimate Fighter, when they sent the guys home, they sent George home. Didn't have the best UFC career, um, but I was I was all in on that fight. And then when, when, you know, that was obviously pre-taped, and obviously I didn't know spoilers or anything, but I remember tuning it into that and just, like, shutting my TV off and, like, trying to go to bed, and just my body was hot, and that, that just ate me up because I was a fan of George, and... Von Flew was just such a little snake. I just, I didn't like him. <laughs> I just didn't like him. And number one, this one, this one hurt. And this one hurts to talk about. Um, Rich versus Anderson. I'm going to do one and two only because the second one was in Cincinnati. I was there. These two drunk, fat hillbillies that were probably butt fucking each other. They were brothers, but they were probably having sex with each other because they were fucking losers. They were in front of us, and they were as a buddy and I, and they're hammered drunk. And in the beginning of the night, you know, they, they keep getting beer. They weren't even there for the first fight of the night. I think they showed up for, like, the co-main event or something. They show up, and they're like, Rich Franklin, Cincinnati, baby. Woo, let's go. Rich Franklin's the best. Rich comes out to Welcome to the Jungle, which is the Bangles song. I mean, the place, fuck, U.S. Bank Arena fucking erupts. I'm going nuts. One of the all-time greatest moments of my life to this day. I got goosebumps. Rich always wore pink and brown for some reason. He wore orange and black for the Bengals. You know, he was Cincinnati'd out, you know, and Anderson Silva comes out. Anderson had already beat him, so that was the first fight. Obviously, we know what happened on that one. That was very disappointing, too. I remember watching that and being depressed. Um, Anderson comes out second, you know, and, and Rich, We I just thought Rich is so smart. The clinch got him the first time, you know, this and that. These guys in front of me, Rich is the best, boo! Rich, obviously, we all know the story. Rich, you know, at the very competitive-ish at the first round, Rich got clipped and got dropped, and then and then TKO'd and finished the same way. You know, the only thing that that lessens the sting a little bit is knowing that Anderson Silva is the greatest of all time, um, and and him and Rich have respect for each other. But I mean, it what added a little more sour to that was the guys in front of us were now going fuck Rich. He's a bum. Go in. Like, they completely switched. And I just, I was ready to kill him. I need to get out of there. I'm like, I got to go. Because these two fucking fat, hillbilly, jerky boys, I'm going to kick them down the fucking aisle. Like, they got, and then there's this one dorky guy next to us who, like, was like, he had his hands, his head in his hands. I think he was by himself. He might have been with somebody, but he had glasses, real skinny guy, dark hair, hand in his head, Bummed out that Rich lost. Obviously, lived or died by this as well as we did. Me and my buddy are sitting there in disbelief. These two fat fucks are sitting there going, whoa, fuck Rich. This dude said something. They get all pissy with him. He bolts. He's like, I'm not going to. These two dudes are going to fucking, you know, eat me. You know, so he bolts. But I, you know, the props to that guy for saying something. That one slung a lot. The first one slung a lot as well. The first one, you know, Anderson came in, knocked out Chris Lieben, got Rich right away. 
Um, I knew, obviously knew of Anderson, but you know, before Anderson came to UFC, he was, he was really spotty outside there. He had really, he did really good work in cage warriors before he came out of UFC. But I remember him in pride, had a couple losses in pride. I thought Rich might be able to take him down. Thought Rich was going to be able to use his boxing, take him down. And boy, was I wrong, um, on both fights. The second fight, obviously I didn't have as much hope as I did the first fight, but so that's the top five most disappointing losses. Darren Till, Darren Till, I know I didn't add that in there, but he's going to fall somewhere in between three and four, maybe, um, maybe two and three. He might, he might be on two, two or three. I didn't add the Connor one in there. Connor losing Nate Diaz because it the it added to the the, the second fight, which I thought was amazing. So um, if Connor gets slept by Khabib, I mean that that'd be devastating for me as well. But uh, I don't th- I don't think that's gonna happen. I mean, Connor could definitely lose, but getting knocked out might not be might not be the option. So that's it. That's the show. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. I will have full picks for UFC this weekend. Uh, Hunt versus Alexei Olenek. Alexei Olenek's like a thousand years old. Um, I'm gonna print that off right now. I'm gonna go over that today and tomorrow. Record my picks on Wednesday. Hopefully, you win some money. Hopefully, I can get rebounding, and uh, I'll see you Wednesday. All right.